Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the Gold Miner Podcast in the 2021 NFL regular season. I'm your host Luis Garcia. Let's dive into the news, shall we? Uh, first thing first that I do want to uh, mention is that these episodes will be coming out every Tuesday. Uh, obviously, you know, there's the Thursday night games and then Sunday, Sunday night, and then the Monday night games. Unless they... I mean, the NFL has its rules about, like, rescheduling games and whatnot. If they somehow, like, do something where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to have a game on Tuesday now, then obviously we'll wait until right after that or whatever. But, um, yeah, this is basically how every episode's going to come out now. Every week, it's just going to be me going over, you know, certain stories in the NFL as well as mainly the 49ers because I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all have things to say especially after the first week first thing first is obviously uh the the very first game of the regular season we had the cowboys at the buccaneers and ended 21 20 29 31 in the favor of the tampa bay buccaneers and all i can really say out of this is that it was an amazing game to start off the season with however i really want to know what everybody who's been criticizing uh Dak Prescott getting the contract what they're saying right now because if it wasn't for Dak at all this game would not have been close at all he did everything he could but in the end there was just too much time given to uh Tom Brady and the Buccaneers I mean Buccaneers played I would no the Cowboys played somewhat good defense I would say in terms of the turnover battle, like, yeah, obviously, like, they also helped keep it close and whatnot, but in reality, it was mostly all of Dak's doing, and the fact that he threw, what, over 50-plus times, like, especially with the fact that he's coming off that ankle injury and then that shoulder strain that he had, like, come on, like, I don't understand why Cowboy fans, of all people, are, like, just constantly criticizing their own quarterback, and I'm over here for once defending a Cowboys quarterback. Like, no, this dude's good. And then all I hear is, like, some of some of my own personal friends. Like, nah, man, he's not worth all that money, this, this, and that. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's one week. Uh, this is going to be a running thing that I'm going to say. It's, it's one week. The first week doesn't really determine a lot unless it's, like, the most obvious thing. But uh, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, after that game, we had... Seahawks at the Colts, which the Seahawks won 28-16. All I can really say about this one is the fact that, surprisingly, like, this seems to be the way that Pete Carroll wants to run the offense, is the fact that Russ only threw this, threw the ball, I believe, not that much. He only threw it 23 times. Yet, he completed 18 of those for 254 yards and 4 touchdowns. In the running game, uh, Chris Carson, 16 carries for 91 yards. He was averaging 5.7 yards a play, which is insane. But that's basically how Pete Carroll wants to run his offense. And that's how it's how he's wanting to do that like for forever. It's always how he's wanted to do it, even in the Marshawn Lynch days, you know. And uh, I'm not too sure how long they'll live because it seems as if if they do stop the run, if any team is able to stop the run, what happens then? 
uh, can we rely too much on Russell Wilson? Because everybody knows, you know, first half of the season, like Russell Wilson's like in the talks for MVP or whatever. And then the final half, it's like, no, not at all. It seems to be a running thing over and over again. But again, that was with a different uh, offensive coordinator. So I'll be surprised as to how that unfolds. But um, we'll see what happens there. Jaguars and Texans. Uh, it ended 21-37 in favor of the Texans. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence had a horrible, horrible game. He threw for literally he threw three interceptions, which I understand. It's like, oh yeah, he's he's a rookie. Like obviously he's gonna make mistakes. It, it it's not that big of a surprise. However, uh, what did surprise me the most is the fact that the Texans dominated the hell out of this game, and. The reason it's so surprising is because they don't have Deshaun Watson. Like, if you know about what's going on with Deshaun Watson, I don't need to say anything else. If you don't, you have to do your own research. But basically, Tarod Taylor, like, just basically showed something that I've been saying my entire life. is the fact that this dude has been underrated for so fucking long. And he's the unluckiest guy ever because every time he's doing so good with another team, he gets hurt. And he's just another stepping stone for a young quarterback to come in. And I feel like right now he's showing his talents to probably help the Texans in a very sticky situation that they're in, with, especially with Deshaun Watson and whatnot. So that's all I can really say on the Texans. I'm, I'm still not expecting much from them this season. Like, honestly, it doesn't really change much on what I think of them as a whole for this season. Jaguars, however, God. Urban Meyer, I'm just waiting for him to leave to go get the job at uh, USC, I believe is what it was called. But that's all I can say on that. Chargers, Washington. Uh, Chargers won the game 20-16 to against the Washington football team. Uh, not a lot of like tidbits here other than the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick unfortunately did suffer a hip injury that he may be out for a while. And it seems like it could sort of be the final... I would say dagger to force him into retirement because he's been in the league for like forever and to see him get hurt like that it's it is a little bit heartbreaking but uh he's an old guy like I don't know I hope he comes back well enough but um right now Washington they're having to rely on Taylor Heineke and I I actually like Heineke but is he a reliable starter? I'm not too sure. He did really good in the playoff game against the Buccaneers last year. He did well enough to keep them in the game against the eventual Super Bowl champions. But um, I'm not too sure how he would do long term. You know, that's sort of been the thing with him is, yeah, he was good in this one game. But how would he be long term? You know, he, he's still he still got some things to work on this, this and that. I mean, if anything, if 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 worst comes to shove, Ron Rivera can literally just go and pick up Cam Newton, and it's just simple as that. Like honestly, uh, next up is the Eagles versus the Falcons. Ended thirty-two to six. Good God, <laughs> uh, Devin, I know you're hearing this, and I'm very sorry, but um, man, the Eagles are sort of for real. Uh, in in terms of offense, yeah, they were doing great. Their defense, I wouldn't give them enough too much credit, if I'm being honest, just because they were going against the Falcons. I mean, the Fal- it's it's a whole new coaching staff. You don't have Julio anymore with 
Atlanta. So, and their running backs are Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, which I'm not knocking on them for being bad at all. It's just that, obviously, the new coach, Arthur Smith, was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, and everybody knows how dominant that rushing game was with Derrick Henry. And that rushing game itself is what opened up enough for Ryan Tannehill to just absolutely ball out of his mind. And I feel like Arthur Smith is trying to recreate that in Atlanta right now. But I don't believe that these running backs are it. Like, <laughs> obviously, there's there's not two Derrick Henrys in the league and whatnot. But it's sort of difficult to have any semblance of success in that kind of offense if the running game is being stopped when your offensive line isn't all that well either. In my opinion, uh, Matt Ryan was just constantly berated the entire time. He couldn't do anything. Kyle Pitts, neither. Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, they couldn't really do anything because of the pass rush. And it, it gets to a point where, you know, Arthur Smith himself, like said, we don't want to be predictable. But it gets to a point where you're down by so much. It's like, what can you really do but pass, like, honestly? And... I don't know. Uh, the Falcons, they're in a very, very serious rebuilding mode. Eagles, uh, hey, Jalen Hurts, I've always said he was going to be a great quarterback. I never understood the hate that he was getting the entire offseason, especially from Philly fans themselves. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I could say about that. Next up was Steelers at the Buffalo Bills, and the Steelers won this 23-16, surprisingly. And while it was a surprising outcome, I would say that this was probably the most sloppy game in the entire week, just because of the fact that both offenses couldn't do jack shit. And the only reason that the Steelers won was really because of, well their defensive special teams that's what really won them the game and then the bills couldn't capitalize really on anything because of the fact that for some for some weird reason like just josh allen stefan diggs cole beasley they they couldn't do anything like i don't know if josh no i'm not gonna say that josh allen's regressing it's just one week guys like just calm down like if you're if you're not (laughs) a jacksonville fan a Washington fan, a Falcons fan, uh, or, I don't know, yeah, that's pretty much it, or a Jets fan, yeah, I'll get to them later, if you're not one of those teams where you're basically in rebuilding mode or whatever, it's like, just, just chill out, you know, you, the Bills, I still believe can still be contenders, just after one week, they just look sloppy, but, you know, it's, it's first week jitters, you know, but, uh, Steelers, Man, they got to fix that offensive line, man. Like, they got to give Najee Harris something to work with. with that, uh, like, you're you're basically... Najee Harris is a Ferrari. And the offensive line is not having insurance papers for that Ferrari. You're basically... Oh, my gosh. I don't know, I don't know how it's better to explain it besides in that way. But um, it's all I can really say right there. <laughs> Uh, next was the San Francisco 49ers at Detroit going against the Lions. Ended 41-33. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, at one point, the 49ers were leading 38-10. to 
about the very end, halfway to the end of the fourth quarter, I believe. Um, kick a, uh, they score a touchdown, 38-17. We then go down, kick a field goal, 41-17. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> uh... The Lions are driving down, and then all of a sudden, Jason Verrett goes down with a non-contact knee injury. And when I watched it happen, uh, it was absolutely gut-wrenching because of the fact of the things that Jason Verrett has gone through his entire career. If you have no idea about the story of Jason Verrett, he's probably going to go down as one of the biggest what-ifs of all time, and that's because... He was such a talented cornerback when he was drafted by the uh, then, I believe, the, the then San Diego Chargers, uh, which then came, which he then came to us after, you know, his stint with the Chargers. And it, it's a long story for me to go to, but all I can really say is that I'm praying for him. It's it's a very difficult thing to just see that happen know his story the adversity he's had to gone through and seeing seeing him there on the field just crying and the fact that how bad it it really messed everyone up because they know who Jason Verrett is they know the stuff he's gone through and seeing him just cry needing help to go into the uh, locker room was just a mood killer which ended up you know costing us a little bit with the Lions almost coming back on us. Uh, after that happened, we just could not stop the Lions. After they scored a touchdown, made it 41-25. Uh, they got the two-point conversion on that. Uh, they kick an onside kick. And it. people are saying it's Kittle's fault. But really, it's just the ball just bounced in a way at the very last second. Where it's like, oh, what can I do? And that's That's just how onside kicks work. And it bounced off his helmet, unfortunately. Uh, the Lions got the ball back on the onside kick. They go down, score again, two-point conversion. And now it's 41-33. The Niners had a chance to uh, put it away. And they did. Until Debo fumbled it. Passing the... one, the the uh, It was third and, I believe, five, something like that, Uh Jimmy Garoppolo throws it to uh, Debo. He catches it. He's running. And then, out of nowhere, just I believe it was Trey Flowers, just knocks it right out of his grasp. Uh, Debo fumbles it. And then it gave the Lions uh, a, a, a good field position to score down on us. And we were just trying to stop them. It wasn't until the very last seconds, I believe, is when uh, we were able to put enough pressure on Jared Crawford and to just throw it to nowhere on 4th and 10, I believe. And that's what won us the game. Uh, there were a lot of things that happened with the 49ers. Uh, Raheem Mostert uh, chipped some knee cartilage after just rushing two times for like 20-something yards. He was already looking good like in the beginning of the game, but that happened and he was taken out. In comes a rookie six-round pick out of Louisville, uh, or no, Louisiana, I believe. Yeah, Louisiana, Elijah Mitchell, and he balled the hell out. Over 100-plus yards on the ground. He had one touchdown. Our running game was just astounding in general. That's really what saved us is the fact that the Lions really didn't have that good of a defense at all. 
Jimmy Garoppolo played amazing, like probably the best ball he has played in a while. He completed 20, well, no, he attempted 25 passes, completed 17 of them for 314 yards and one touchdown with zero interceptions. Uh, though Trey Lance himself even came in. Uh, he completed his first ever pass. He threw his first ever pass, completed it for a five-yard touchdown to Trent Sherfield. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, like I said, 19 carries, 104 yards, 5.5 average, one touchdown. Jamichael Hasty, uh, one carry for three yards for a touchdown. Uh, in the receiving side, Kittle, four receptions, 78 yards, 19 and a half average, no touchdowns. Trent Sherfield, like I said, two receive two receptions. Uh, 23 yards, uh, one touchdown, and then you had Debo go absolutely insane. Nine receptions, 189 yards, 21 on average, 21 yards on average with one touchdown. And that one big touchdown this, uh, was a bomb where Jimmy Garoppolo had three Lions players coming down on his face, and he saw that it was single coverage on the outside to the right of the numbers. He threw it to Debo, and it was underthrown. But Debo made a play to where he stopped, grabbed the ball, and just ran off with it uh, for, I believe, 75 yards. And that's it, it was an amazing play. Uh, it was, I would say, a great call by Jimmy to just throw it to the single coverage to Debo because the safety was too far away for him to do anything. And Debo made the correct adjustment to get Jimmy's ball in order to you know, make the quarterback look good and make himself look even better by making that adjustment. Uh, on defense, we, for the most part, we were doing amazing. Uh, Drake Greenlaw had his first ever NFL career uh, pick six, and it it uh, it helped us honestly. I, I don't really know what else to say there, besides the fact that our defense played good until the very end. Our cornerback room, it's very very, it's very thin. It's been thin since the beginning of the season. All we had was well. Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley as our two starting uh, cornerbacks. Then you had our slot corner in Kwan Williams. And then we had the two rookie corners in uh, Ambry Thomas from Michigan and D'Amador Lenore from Oregon. And not knocking on D'Amador Lenore at all, he had 55 pa uh, pass coverage snaps or whatever. He only allowed one catch for three yards in 55 snaps. Like that that says something about the kind of player he is and he was targeted a lot and I'm sure he's going to be used a lot more because of this uh, Emmanuel Mosley was out for this game as well he had an, an injury that he's been dealing with since the beginning of training camp it's very difficult to say what the Niners are going to do at cornerback however people could say that uh People could say, you know, the pass rush could be enough to help the corners. I mean, that is really what happened in uh, 2019 when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Our pass rush was just absolutely, absolutely insane to the point where it really did carry our cornerback room, which had, you know, Richard Sherman, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, Kwan Williams, Akilah Witherspoon, uh, Jason Verrett himself as well in that season. 
there was a lot that they that the pass rush itself could do and in the pass rush I mean we had Nick Bosa back he played a great game as well D Ford from God's grace himself from having that crazy back surgery and contemplating his future with the NFL and all this offseason uh, during the draft I would say is when it all like was insane uh, for him to come back and he was on a pitch count yeah but the thing is in just 10 snaps he had six quarterback pressures that says a lot of him being a situational pass rusher and that's that's no knock on him that he's only situational it's just the fact that hey when when we need him we need him and he delivers when we need him uh whenever he wasn't on there we had eric armstead who also had a lot of pressures from the edge even though a lot of players have been saying or not a lot of players a lot of fans have been saying he should be used more on the interior defensive line well most of the pressures he had and I believe he had a sack I'm not too sure uh came all from the uh the the edge so he's he's doing really good on the edge uh obviously uh we missed out on Javon Kinlaw this week as well he had an injury right before um we really missed him. Uh, the thing that a lot of 49er fans have been saying is that we replaced him with the Forrest Buckner. The Forrest Buckner is quite possibly one of the best pass rushers in the NFL right now. But he wasn't good at the run. Now we have Javon Kinlaw, who's great against the run, but not that great in against the pass. And... The Lions really mowed us down in the running game. They like DeAndre Swift, I believe, almost. I'm not too sure uh, what the rushing yards numbers were. Okay, I have them right here. Uh, Williams for the uh, Lions had nine carries for 54 yards, averaged six yards a carry with one touchdown. DeAndre Swift, 11 carries for 39 yards, three and a half average, zero touchdowns. And there were a lot of chunk plays in this. And if you watch the game, you would see that obviously, you know, the 49ers against the run weren't doing so hot. Um, it didn't really help that the fact that, yeah, we didn't have Kinlaw, so we were missing out on him. But um, against the pass, I mean, we were doing well until the very end. But uh, I'm just going on a tangent if I just go over that and that again. Um, another, other things that I do want to mention is the fact that... Uh, where the hell are Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk? <laughs> uh, Trey Sermon, we picked him up from, I believe, Ohio State in the third round. Uh, rookie running back uh, himself, along with Elijah Mitchell, who in the preseason was doing very good, was getting a lot of praise from the media, and then all of a sudden was just not active at all. He was a healthy scratch in the game. They just said he's inactive, but he's not injured. And it was like, what the hell's going on? And Kyle Shanahan himself just explained the fact that he was beat out. He was beat out by Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty in the depth chart. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he's in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. And if you don't know what that means, uh, just look at the whole situation with Kyle Shanahan and Dante Pettis and Akilah Witherspoon. And you'll see what I mean about that whole situation. And in reality, it's just nothing more than, hey, I mean, I guess Trey Sermon wasn't doing too too hot in some degrees and some things. But you can contradict that with the fact that Jermichael Hasty himself 
had some fumbling issues in the preseason and it it just didn't make sense at all brandon ayuk surprisingly was not a part of this this like this game at all for some reason they they had him at wide receiver four and all kyle said was just well you know he had that he had the hamstring injury coming in so obviously we need to be careful with them but it wasn't it was a no-brainer to uh put him in put him down in the depth chart of the game and have Trent Sherfield and Mohamed Sanu take over for him and that's just it it it's understandable when it comes to the whole hamstring thing it really is understandable but why did you have Brandon Ayuk take a snap in punt return in just one if you're so worried about the uh the whole hamstring thing. I mean, you could say it's like, oh, he just wanted to test him out right there, ask him, hey, how do you feel with the hamstring? And it's like, oh, you know, I feel fine, or I don't. I should just sit it out. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Then why did you put him out there for snaps where he didn't get targeted at all? It, it doesn't make sense. Um, it seems as if Brandon Ayo could also be in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse as well. But... Uh, I'm not too sure on that. I believe I. I'm hoping it's just nothing more than. It's the hamstring injury for Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon. Uh, obviously, he's going to be activated from now on, with the season-ending injury with Raheem Mostert. Uh, <sighs> there's a lot of things to unpack here for the 49ers, but um, all I can really say is, I'm. I'm not too worried. I am bummed out the fact that we lost our best cornerback and one of our best running backs. It's very heartbreaking to see that. And all you can really do now is just pray for us to not lose anyone else significant the rest of the season. But um, I don't know. You never know with um, the NFL. I want a big old tangent right there with the 49ers. Uh, the next game, sorry about that, guys. The next game were, were, was, I can't fucking talk at all, was the Vikings at the Bengals, which ended in overtime, 24-27 in favor of the Bengals. The Vikings, I, I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. It, it's no knock on the Bengals. I'm not saying they're, they're not legitimate or whatever. No, they're, they're a great team. I really do think they're a great offensive team. I'll say that. Offensive. I mean, the Bengals do have one of the best safeties in the league. But uh, in terms of offense, you know, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Like, they're just balling the hell out. And it was evident here to see, you know, Joe Burrow connecting with his former LSU teammate, Jamar Chase. Uh, The thing with the Vikings is that for some reason, it just... Something's going on there, man, and I really do think that Mike Zimmerman is going to get fired sometime soon if things don't get better with whatever's going on with Minnesota. And that's all I can really say on the Vikings, Bengals. They did a great job. Uh, I hope they continue on this high and just continue to build from here. And all I can really do now, all you can really do now, is just pray for Joe Burrow to stay healthy. Next game, we had the Sam Darnold revenge game. Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, should I say. The Jets versus the Panthers. The Panthers won 19-14. 
uh, Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold connected for a uh, touchdown connection as well during this game. So, I, so you know, two former Jets players being able to connect against their former team at their own home stadium, the Panthers, that is, not the Jets. It does mean a lot for them. Uh, the Jets looked meh. They, they just looked like the Jets. Zach Wilson, uh, he did, he got... He did. He made some plays. He made some plays, uh, but didn't look good either. And then it also doesn't help that the Jets just damn near injured almost all their key players. <laughs> and I feel bad for them, you know, considering the fact that their head coach was the 49ers defensive coordinator over in, in San Francisco, Robert Sala. And I just want nothing but the best for him over in New York. But um, Jets gonna Jets. That's all I can really say. Uh, next game, the Arizona Cardinals absolutely destroyed the Tennessee Titans, 38-13. I don't think there's really an excuse for Tennessee other than the fact that their offense just no, their defense was just absolutely horrendous. And I really, like I was saying earlier, like I was saying earlier, it's just one week. There's no need to overreact on a team winning, a team losing, a player doing this, a player doing that. Other than... <sighs> the Titans defense just looked horrible against Kyler Murray, D-Hop, Christian Kirk, uh, Rondell Moore. Uh, it, it just looked horrible. And then the Titans offense themselves, they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, Chandler Jones had five sacks. Freaking five. That's... I believe tied for most in franchise history tied with Hassan Reddick. Uh, and I believe the reason for that was because the Titans were, I think a bit too worried with JJ Watts, but it wouldn't make sense that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, obviously Cardinal fans, uh, or have something to hang their hat high on. They were picked to lose this game really by damn near everyone and all the quote unquote, expert analysts or whatever so it is nice to see them absolutely ball out in this game but uh, I don't know I don't know I mean (sighs) I want to see Arizona go against a very formidable defense to see what their offense really could be like you know i want i i really want to see them go against the rams no knock on the cardinals fans at all like no i love you guys uh some of my friends on you know twitter are cardinal fans and i and i love those guys shout out to y'all uh andrew and uh i actually don't know your name but um Eno season or whatever it is i'm not too sure i'm very sorry guys i'm, I'm not even too sure if you're even gonna hear this podcast you guys are great um i love the cardinals i used to live in arizona myself uh when i was a kid and i'll never hate arizona sports at all i mean i'm a diamondback fan i know what pain is <laughs> but uh i do want to see the cardinals offense be challenged in some sort of way and i do want to see them use their assets a little bit more in terms of AJ Green and their running game besides Kyler obviously I I probably don't even know what I'm talking about but again I mean the same could be said for the 49ers 
uh, how would they look like when their running game is stopped, you know, uh, it's just, it, they're a division rival, so I do want to see the best out of them, especially for Cardinals, you know, like, they're a franchise that hasn't really had a lot of success in recent years, unless you would count, you know, 25, the 2015 season, uh, the 2015, yeah, 2016, uh, Cardinals, Carson Palmer, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, uh, Cardinals fans, I'm not knocking on y'all, Cardinals themselves, they're a great team, but, uh, I do want to see the Cardinals be tested a little bit more, I do want to give, you know, like a big, big, uh, congratulations to, uh, Isaiah Simmons, David Collins, looking just amazing uh take a want no not take a want to play i can't remember the cornerbacks names but they played amazing against aj brown julio jones to completely shut them down really and then shut down derrick henry like like how do you do that like what it's just insane uh to shut down derrick henry julio aj brown and ryan Tannehill. and that's all i can really say about the cardinals uh i can't wait to go against them is all i really say uh, Browns at Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs ended up winning 33-29. All I can really say is the fucking Chiefs keep getting away with it. Like, ugh. But again, the Browns don't really have an excuse other than, you know, you, you had the chance to see the game away, but you kind of blew it. Same time, Chiefs, like, oh my gosh. It's, get, it's getting to a point where uh, the Chiefs are not going to get lucky anymore. That's all I can really say. And that's not a knock on the Chiefs at all. I mean, personally, yeah, I know. Like, I lost the Super Bowl against them. 49ers lost the Super Bowl against them. It hurt. But, and I, the only reason I really do hate the Chiefs is because most of the fan base is basically, half the people over here in West Texas is just like to suck Mahomes' dick. I love Mahomes myself, but be honest with yourselves, guys. Like, Chiefs fans themselves. They get so lucky, and I really don't like Tyreek as a person at all. Uh, Travis Kelsey is an amazing guy. Andy Reid is an amazing guy. Tyreek Hill just pisses me the hell off. With... I'm not going to go into it, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Chiefs got away with the win. The Browns had their number for about, I would say, you know, 55 minutes of the entire game. And then the Chiefs just came and just, you know, did Chiefs things. Mahomes did Mahomes things. Tyreek did Tyreek things, Kelsey did Kelsey things. It's, it's just a Chiefs. Like, what can you do? Uh, the Browns, they looked amazing. Like, all, like, like I said, the Browns are going to look amazing this entire season, and I still do believe that Baker Mayfield is going to have an MVP-like season, and I do expect them to be able to do that even after this loss. Uh, OBJ still has to come back, and I do believe that OBJ and Baker will have a way better connection to this style of offense. And I do see the Browns being elevated to, you know, to that standard of, hey, like, they're a real team. And that's all I can really say on that. Hope Again, don't think too much about the first week of the NFL season. Every single thing I'm saying right here could just mean absolute nonsense the next week. Like, that's just how the NFL is after the uh, first week. Uh, next game, we had the Dolphins at the Patriots. And it's 17-16 in the Dolphins' favor. Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa went up against each other two former Alabama quarterbacks. 
in my honest opinion, Mac Jones looked a little bit better than Tua. Tua still had those inconsistent. I, I don't know. I really didn't really watch the game. I mean, just looking at the stat sheet right now, you know. Tua, 16 for 27, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Mac Jones, 29 for 39, 281 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Uh, Mac Jones just looked like the better guy. However, it was just a defensive game that ended up, you know, both defenses did their best. Uh, Tua just continues to not, well, I mean, he's showing the flashes, yes. However, I do think that people are putting an unrealistic expectation on Tua. He's nothing more than... I'm sorry, but he's nothing more than a game manager. And that's all he ever will be. And game managers, you know, that's not bad in of itself. But if the... Um, if the organization themselves can't agree with that at all and just say, No, we want someone who can elevate this team. We don't need a game manager. And that's, sorry, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Dolphins, obviously their defense looked good. In my opinion, they still looked good. Patriots, I still don't know what to make of them, if I'm being honest. Mac Jones still looked good. Uh, I, I, yeah, good's, good's the right word to describe Mac Jones. Not too great, not too bad. He did good enough. He, he was a very good quarterback <laughs> uh next game broncos at giants broncos ended up winning 27 13 uh, <laughs> this was just not daniel jones day at all uh teddy bridgewater surprisingly did very well i say surprising but i mean steady bridgewater people like to dog on him uh, he went 28 for 36 264 yards and two touchdowns melvin gordon had 11 carries for 101 yards 9.2 averaging and for one touchdown as well uh the, the broncos just looked like overall a pretty decent team and that's basically what we always thought of them it's just i we've always thought that you know it's just a quarterback that's holding back and broncos you know they could have they could have had you know Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers decided to just stay with Green Bay. They could have drafted a quarterback, but instead they drafted uh, Pat Sertain, the second, who I believe will be an absolute beast as well. Uh, the Giants themselves. <sighs> Daniel Jones, 22 for 37, 267 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Which doesn't look bad on paper, you know. His connection with Sterling Shepard, you know. Sterling Shepard, uh, seven receptions for 113 yards, 16.1 yards average. One touchdown as well. No, it's still there. But Daniel Jones is just still not it for the Giants. And the Giants are still trying to obviously find their identity. And I feel like it's going to get to a point where... Either Daniel Jones goes, or the Giants just stick with Daniel Jones for some fucking reason and get rid of Joe Judge, which I don't think is a smart move. I mean, people have their criticisms of Joe Judge uh, themselves. Uh, I really do think that Daniel Jones is just not it anymore for the Giants. Never has been. The only reason they picked him up was because he 
had connections to the Mannings. It was the dumbest fucking thing, reason ever to draft him, but uh, it is what it is with that game. Uh, next game, Packers at Saints, technically at the Jacksonville Stadium because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, the Packers lost 3-38. to The Saints just absolutely obliterated the crap out of Green Bay. Rodgers looked so shell-shocked. It was just unbelievable. The Saints defense played amazing. And then the Saints offense. So Jameis Winston, I love him. I've always loved him. Even in his time in Tampa Bay, I, I, I've i always liked watching him play. I I feel bad for him when he threw the 30-plus uh, touchdowns and the 30 interceptions, you know, the 30-for-30 30 30 season in 2019. That was a horrible situation for him, but I agree with what he was saying at the time. He was saying that uh, if he just erases the mistakes, you know, he was balling the fuck out, and he really was. And now he's going to prove it with the New Orleans Saints. And... This was just a dominating game for the Saints, really, to boost themselves, you know? They didn't have Michael Thomas. They had they let go of Hall of Fame, uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees. And obviously, you know, Jameis with his arm was able to elevate the ceiling of the New Orleans Saints. And I do believe the Saints will continue this high. However, I do want to see what could Jameis do in pressure that's what i really want to see right now from james winston we know what what the highest of highs is for him however i would say to determine on how good a quarterback will be for the rest of his career it's uh i would say have to be how he faces under pressure in terms of you know like two minute drills i would say or even you know like you're down by a lot of points, you know, like, and it's already fourth quarter, there's like five minutes left, there's no point in winning it, like, how do you uh, poise yourself to be, you know, and uh, that's all I can really say about the Saints, I mean, Saints look like the Saints, really, uh, that's all I can really say, uh, the Packers, uh, I'll be surprised if <laughs> I will be, <sighs> Excuse me. I'm very tired from work. I'm very sorry, guys. Uh, the Packers, I'll be very surprised if Aaron Rodgers' game plan the entire time is just to sabotage the Packers completely. So he leaves. I've been saying this in 2019. They're frauds. Always have been. Always will be. They're just frauds. And I'll keep saying that until they beat us, the 49ers. I'll say that right now. The only reason they beat us last year was because we were injured. The only reason. The only reason. You gave Richie James Jr. Quite possibly one of the most enig- one of the biggest enigmas of all time. In terms of 49ers receivers. To have over 100. Over 120 plus receiving yards against you. Had that been Brendan Ayuk, had that... I'm not even going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it. All I'm going to say is the Packers are frauds. And I do want to see where Aaron Rodgers goes from here. And, you know, next week they're going against the Lions from what I see. And obviously that'll be a good bounce back game for them. 
but um, we know what the lowest of the Packers are, and we'll just have to see if they can live up to the hype of if they can win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, the Sunday night game was the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams. Ended 14-34 in favor of the Rams. The Bears just looked like the Bears. That's what they're going to be. The Bears are the Bears. Duh, Bears. Um, put in Justin Fields already, for the love of God, please. Uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, the Rams. Good God, they... <laughs> Matthew Stafford, man. I've been saying it for fucking ever. He has been the most underrated quarterback of all time. These past decade, I would say. Past decade, most underrated quarterback. He's done a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of criticism against him as well. I understand. But the thing is that he's never really had a good supporting cast. Yeah, he had Megatron. But what the hell are you going to do with just Megatron? Like, come on. Like, the fuck? I don't understand that argument, but um, Matthew Stafford just looked absolutely amazing with the Rams and the Shan- and the Sean McVay system of offense. I he better win MVP. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's all I can really say with the Rams. The Rams are going to be the Rams. They're going to be a team to beat. However, I do understand the argument with Matthew Stafford. The fact that he's never had playoff success. I mean, he's had playoff experience once. And that's it. Just just once. And he lost that game against the Seahawks, I believe, in 2016 or some whatever. Uh, Man. uh, It seems like the Rams are going to take quite possibly the biggest step forward in terms of what they can do and I wouldn't be surprised if they win you know the NFC West honestly like I wouldn't even be surprised if they make it close to the freaking Super Bowl it's if everything goes right with Matthew Stafford you know that's all I can really say it's like it's there's nothing much you more you can say about the Rams other than god damn <laughs> and then finally we come to the Monday Night Football game which ended in overtime with the Ravens versus the Raiders. The Raiders ended up with the win 27-33 with a uh, glorious touchdown pass from Derek Carr to... Uh, I forgot the name of the receiver. He, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name, but... Um, <sighs> this game was just the biggest... This is what the Ravens are, and this is what the Raiders are. Like, this is just what they do. Like, they... uh, The Ravens looked great until they didn't. Lamar looked great until he didn't. He fumbled the ball twice in key situations. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva, you know, the right tackle, who was a long-time Steelers tackle, you know, he's one of the best tackles of all time, in my opinion. But he got his ass whooped by Max Crosby, and I can only imagine what Miles Garrett and TJ Watt are going to do with them twice in one season. That that's just that's just unbelievable. Lamar, I can't, I don't know what else to say about a man like 
you can make the argument that he needs help at wide receiver, but at the same time, it's like, protect the fucking ball, man. Like, it's... Lamar, come on, man. Like, I love you, dude. You're like one of my favorite players in the NFL right now. You're you're just an absolute stud, and I wish nothing but the best for you. I hope you win a Super Bowl and everything, but there's still a lot in your own game that you can fix. And I'm sure he's not listening to this fucking podcast at all. I mean, come on. It's, I'm a podcast that gets like two listeners every full moon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, that's all I can really say on the, on the Ravens. Uh, good God. <laughs> the Raiders, however, are the exact same. Good God. Except for the fact that their quarterback was able to succeed in clutch situations. Uh, not a knock on Lamar. Again, it's just the two fumbles really killed everything. Uh, Derek Carr played an amazing game. One, uh, one of uh, a group of underrated quarterbacks out there in the NFL right now. And it's only because, you know, the Raiders are just a shit team. If we're being honest, uh, Derek Carr did his best with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, Henry Brooks wasn't a factor at all. Like, I really don't think he's going to succeed in the NFL at all after this. Like, it just gets to a point where it's like, dude, come on. Like, what can you really... <sighs> it's it's a long conversation. I don't want to sit here and talk on a tangent like I did with the 49ers stuff with the Detroit Lions as well. The 49ers versus Detroit Lions. But, uh... The Raiders came in clutch. When it came in clutch, Kirkwood killed... Uh, their kicker kicked an amazing field goal to send it to overtime. Uh, I I still don't fully trust in the Raiders, even if they beat a juggernaut like the Ravens. But uh, all I can really say is just nothing more than the Raiders came in clutch. And that's pretty much it. All I can really say on this Monday night game. It was, a, it was an insane game to watch. I mean, my own fiance herself got interested in the freaking game. You know how hard it is for her to get interested in any football games at all that isn't her cousin playing high school football or something, you know? Like, like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, that's basically all I really have to say on the first week. Uh, if you follow me on uh, Snapchat, then obviously, you know, you're following the... Uh, private snap that i have where i go over you know like certain takes that i have uh i am debating on probably doing something like that every wednesday night or thursday morning right before you know thursday night game to uh decide like you know should i say like oh how do i think games are going to be and whatnot because usually what all i do is just nothing more than just okay uh i'm gonna post a dark screen and say who's gonna win this week or who's gonna win this day or whatever and uh yeah uh i'm I'm debating on that uh what else can i say uh nfc west is the nfc best um however i will say this in case anyone from uh twitter is listening a couple of my uh you know carnal friends seahawk friends rams friends i see everything you're saying and I understand, you know, it's one week. We almost blew it to the Lions. And I understand you probably hate the Niners too. I understand that. But, uh, 
you know, all I can really say is I'm I'm taking some receipts, and it, if it blows up on me, it blows up on me. But if it doesn't, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I have faith this season. I still have faith this season, and I know that every single NFC West team fan has faith. Obviously, they should. It's the NFC West. But uh, only one can be the last one standing, and I believe that will be the 49ers, and no one's going to change my mind on that at all. That's probably me bullshit myself, if I'm being honest. It could possibly be the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens. The Rams. I'm too tired, guys. It's like 2.50 in the morning. God damn. <laughs> this is going to be such a long episode to edit. I'm going to edit it as best as I can. Uh, it was great talking to you guys again. Uh, I will be doing this again, like I said, every Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, maybe, or maybe literally right after the Monday night games or whatever. It, it'll come around during that time. Uh, I'll decide if I'm going to do something before the beginning of week two, I would say. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the first episode of the 2021 NFL regular season podcast episode. For the Gold Miner Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Luis Garcia. Uh, follow me on all my socials at on Twitter at all capital letters LEDM underscore DLDD. Don't ask why it's that. It's a personal question. Uh, if you want my Snapchat, well, like I said, just DM me on Twitter or whatever. Get my Snapchat so you can like me just shit post when it comes to football or sports in general. But uh, yeah, guys, I'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope y'all have a great day or great night, whatever time you're listening to this. Love y'all. Thank you. I'd also like to ask you guys to please rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever, wherever you're listening on. Just let me know how I did. Let me know what I can work on. And, uh, just, you know, just have fun with me, you know, I'm doing this for fun. I like doing this just because of the fact that I love football to death. Football really saved my life from a lot of things that I've, a lot of mistakes that I made in life. And I like to just share my passion to you all. I'm not really doing this for any gain whatsoever other than the fact that i want to reach to other people to talk football with so again please review rate whatever follow and uh again thank you guys for listening and i hope you all have an amazing day night afternoon whatever just just be happy and live your life love you guys